means more coffee. Everybody. Welcome to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.07 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, May the 30th. Welcome to the show. Beautiful day along the Grand Strand here in Myrtle Beach. I am Reese Boyd, local attorney here in Myrtle Beach with the firm of Davis and Boyd Attorneys at Law. I'm your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. Welcome to the show. Hope everyone's doing well this morning. Hope you're Starting to stir, getting your coffee going, getting those eggs on. At Saturday Morning Coffee, we invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee, and join us as we talk about the news, current events, what's happening in your world, and all the things that we think you need to know. Here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we're all about limited government, lower taxes, and holding your government to the confines set forth on our founding documents, because that means your freedom is secure. Lower taxes, limited government, constitutional government means more freedom for you and me, all of us who are we the people. We got a country to save. We say that halfway tongue in cheek, but literally today, folks, our country is burning. We have a country to save, and it starts right here. In the studio, starts right here on the local level, starts right here wherever you are. So let's get to it. Speaking of getting your eggs on, Glenn, what are you? What's what? Are you, what's fueling you this morning? Uh, you know what, Reese? I had to turn around. I headed for the station. I got about three miles down the road, and I had to turn around and go back home because. I forgot my coffee. Oh no! How can you have Saturday morning coffee with Reese? You can't. You can't for come two to, hours yeah, without coffee. You can I, I can't do anything before noon without coffee. No, but I, I you had, can't come to Saturday morning coffee. I without, had it made. It was yeah, just on the yeah. counter. You know, I forgot yeah. it. And I turned around. Got to turn back. Yeah. I mean, there's some things that are just mission critical, and that's a that's a mission critical uh, piece of yeah. equipment. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm drinking the Black Rifle coffee this oh, morning. Oh, that's that's a coffee I do want to try. I've heard oh, good things about yeah, Black one Rifle. Of our, um, um, somebody gave me this coffee. One of our listeners gave us this coffee, and it has been outstanding. Okay. It's, it's got a punch to it. I yeah. mean, it's, you, feel, you feel it uh, when it hits you in the morning. It's got a significant uh, kick, but it is good stuff. It is very, um, it's very good. I've enjoyed uh, drinking it. I wanted to... Um, share with you i also had another uh batch of coffee that a friend of mine i've told you about my friend in canada who sent me uh another batch from costa rica okay so i've got some more costa rican coffee back in the house so i'll be grinding that at some point and exploring that with y'all i'll tell you how that i'm not even sure where in costa rica it's from but just got another batch of that at the office so hmm. interesting stuff so it is uh saturday morning coffee folks welcome to the show that is the 
mellifluous voice of producer extraordinaire Glenn Dye. The weather guy. The 70 weather degrees guy. right now. Yeah, what is the weather this morning? Uh, 70 degrees right now, heading up to 82. Scattered showers again. Pretty much duplicate of what we had yesterday. Um, you know, it's coastal weather. Two days ago, it was coming off the off the water. Uh, yesterday, it's coming from the west. So yeah. uh, we are in the swamp again today, but clearing tomorrow, uh, cooler uh, lower humidity, 80 degrees, sunshine, and that goes for Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Zero percent chance of rain next week is what they're saying. Now, I made that call two weeks ago, and it rained on Sunday. Rained on so, Sunday, yeah. <laughs> so, excellent, hopeful chance for everybody to get out and enjoy some of this beautiful weather, for the most part, that we've been having. We have had some rain, but, uh, yeah. you know, for the most part, Bertha kind of caught us a little bit by surprise. But, uh, nonetheless, uh, hopefully we'll have a good week and yeah, a good weekend. Not a total washout. I mean, no. still, still go about your day, do things. Yeah, wasn't that bad. Have a couple downpours, and that'll be about it. Yeah, and thank you, Glenn. We invite you guys, our listeners, to join the show. I see a couple of you have texted in already. Many of you know the drill. The not, the call-in line here at the program is 843-903-2945. We do invite you to join the discussion. Give us uh, your thoughts on uh, the issues of the day, whatever's on your mind. You can also text your comments to us on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. That number is 843-798-TALK. That's 843-798-8255. You can also tweet me your comments. Um, the Twitter handle for the show is at Reese Boyd. And I also want to tell you guys, we'll get to this in the program. I'm also uh, on the Liz Calloway show this week. Uh, Glenn, I signed up for something called Parlor, mm-hmm. which is the free speech alternative to Twitter. Uh-oh, it, they must be taken off right now yeah, with it, everything going on with Twitter. It, uh, it Parler sort of markets itself as a true uh, free speech platform that does not engage in uh, viewpoint discrimination. Or fact-checking. Or fact-checking. Hmm. And so I encourage you guys to follow us on Parler as the new platform du jour. <laughs> Who is the billionaire Parlay? that came up with that idea? He's Parlay gonna, is the platform du jour. bucks yeah. on that idea. Parlez-vous Francais. <laughs> and that uh, Twitter, not Twitter handle, that handle, the Parlay handle, it's uh, French for talk, by the way. So P-A-R-L-E-R? P-A-R-L-E-R. You can go okay. to home.parler, Parlay, P-A-R-L-E-R, dot com is the uh, landing page that will allow you to sign up. Uh, Liz Calloway signed up on air this week. Uh, I have signed, or actually we both signed up yesterday on uh, on the show. So my parlay handle is ReeseBoyd3, at ReeseBoyd3. So invite you guys to check out Parler. And, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about Twitter today, Glenn, but I think the, the, the smartest thing that the president can do is leave Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Just and take how many millions yeah. with him? How many millions of people would yeah. he take w- with him if the president just walked out the door yeah. and flipped the light switch on the way out? Yep. So if if the president is listening, uh, Mr. <laughs> president, I encourage you to sign up for Parlay and also ditch Twitter. But for the moment, until we formally leave the platform, you can uh, tweet us your comments. The platform handle on Twitter is at Reese Boyd. You can parlay us at, at Reese Boyd 3. Uh, you can email your comments to us. That email address for the show is Reese Boyd, SMC at gmail.com. And many of you have called the office uh, from time to time to speak with me during normal business hours. Appreciate those comments. 
Got a call from somebody this week with a uh, with a content recommendation for the program. Don't have that in front of me, but it's in my stack. Uh, the office line at uh, Davis and Boyd Attorneys at Law is 843-839-9800. Got a great show coming up for you guys uh, today. In the first hour, we're going to be joined by Janice uh, Morial. Janice is a uh, school board member. She uh, serves uh, children and the constituents and the citizens of Ory County on uh, the District 5 seat of Ory County School Board, and she's done that, I think, for two terms now. She'll be joining us after the bottom of the hour to talk about her uh, experience on school board and also her campaign to be reelected to the school board. And in the 8 o'clock hour, we'll be joined by Don Bound with the Red Hats for Trump organization. Don is going to be joining us to talk about all things Trump and current events, but also an event that will be coming up in June. Uh, June 14, there'll be a great event, a Stand for Freedom Rally which will be happening in Merle's Inlet at the Beaver Bar. Uh, Leslie Beaver will be hosting uh, the show at uh, her facility down in uh, Merle's Inlet. So Don's going to be joining us on the program to talk about that. So a lot to talk about today, much to cover, and hope you guys will stick with us. Hope the coffee is fresh and hot. Thanks for sticking with us on the program. It is Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. After these words, we'll be right back with the show. Don't leave town. They may as well just close them down And you look like 1968 There wasn't Text us, 843-798-TALK Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour On Talk 94.5 Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee The Reese Boyd Radio Hour On Talk 94.5 Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.20 a.m. on your Saturday morning, Saturday, May 30th, 2020. And it's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine. That must mean it's time for another coronavirus update. Do you ever get tired of hearing the word coronavirus, Glenn? Um, I mean, I know we all have, but... Man, there's so much other stuff going oh, there on is. in the world. So yeah. let's get Corona out of the yeah, way. Let's get we got so much to cover today. Uh, just run the numbers real quick, as we always do. The uh, current uh, case numbers, according to Johns Hopkins University, as reported by the Wall Street Journal, now stands at 5,829,474 confirmed cases worldwide, uh, 21,993 new cases 
day, 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 daily case count as of Friday. And uh, 1,721,000 721,926 cases total confirmed in the United States. 1,179 uh, new deaths in the United States since yesterday. Again, these are the 6 p.m. Friday numbers reported by the Wall Street Journal. Uh, 101,621 U.S. deaths so far, of course. We passed the very sad milestone this week of uh, 100,000 deaths as a result of the COVID-19 outbreak in the United States. So something of a sad uh, milestone. Did you notice flags flying at half-staff, Glenn? Um, I really didn't yesterday. Uh, I didn't go I didn't go very many places yesterday. So. The, the president was actually issued an order indicating mm-hmm. that uh, earlier had issued an order saying flags would be flown at half-staff. Um, but I didn't actually notice uh, any flags. I don't know if there was a lot of folks just didn't get the word or didn't get. Uh, and that was at the hundred thousand count. That right? was at the hundred when yeah. the when the death count hit the hundred thousand mark. Yeah. Um, the president had issued an order indicating that flags should be flown at half staff uh, in honor of uh, those who have uh, lost their lives to the coronavirus pandemic. Again, the present total count uh, fatalities in the United States one hundred one thousand six hundred twenty one. Mm. But having uh, said that, uh, Glenn, there are wide sections of the population where the pandemic is essentially going away right and things right. are obviously getting more or less back to normal in many parts of the country and i think we're beginning to scratch our heads uh, wondering exactly how, when things do get back to normal and because I, I it's funny i spoke with a friend of mine who lives in a larger city still very concerned about being out of the house social distancing covering and i said you know in South Carolina, our governor took a little more of a conservative take on the issue, did not order quite as many things as some other governors have ordered. Though I did note this week, Governor Henry McMaster yet again renewed uh, the emergency powers executive order for another 15 days. So we remain in a state of emergency in South Carolina. As you guys know, we have significant questions. I, I question whether the governor can just continue to declare repeated states of emergency based on the statute when the statute in my view clearly says the general assembly uh, must uh, act to approve a state of emergency after 15 days so that remains something of a question but i told my friend i said you know here in south carolina at least for the most part things begin people are wanting to get outside people are getting outside they're on the beaches when the weather is nice people are out and it starts to feel, I hate to say normal, but it's starting to feel a little bit like normal. But cautiously Cautious. normal. Cautiously, cautiously normal. normal. Yeah. yeah, cautiously normal. And I wonder, you know, I'm starting to wonder, what is normal? Mm-hmm. You know, what is normal? It's interesting. I went to, I had a mediation yesterday. I went to the mediation. Uh, my client went to the mediation uh, with me. He was wearing a mask. I decided not to wear a mask. You know, we have masks in the office, but I decided not to wear a mask. We got to the other office. Their staff were all wearing masks. I didn't wear one. You know, how'd you, and it, how'd you feel? Well, you know, it's <laughs> it's interesting. It's kind of becoming the new litmus test. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the new dividing line. Mm-hmm. And uh, the 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 thing you 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 notice is if you're not wearing a mask, some people will look at you kind of out of the corner of their you, eyes. You could be ridiculed. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then of course conversely. 
if you put on a mask and go some places, you can be ridiculed. You'll be ridiculed. <laughs> yeah. so. so, I mean, it's like another, it's yet another thing yeah. that we have to confront, that we have to get our arms around. And, uh, you know, it's not, again, I, I've told y'all this many times, and I'll say it again. This many months into it, still, what we don't know is far in excess of the things that we do know. Yeah. I mean, I want to remind you guys again, it wasn't that long ago that the Surgeon General was tweeting out and stating in public, seriously, folks, stop buying masks. They mm-hmm. don't help at all. They don't mm-hmm. do anything. And the science of all this is still far from settled. It's still not clear to me that, particularly when you're outside, that wearing a mask does anything. Right. For you or for the people around. And you see people in their car by themselves wearing a mask. It's like, come on. And, you, and yeah, they got I'll, the windows up. And it's <laughs> like, what are you doing? Are you afraid of yourself? Yeah. Who are I mean, you? Yeah. Who are you afraid of yeah. infecting exactly when you're in a closed environment and you're alone? And so um, I can I can uh, attest to the fact that I'm sitting across the glass from Reese Boyd and he got a haircut, it appears. I did get a haircut. And right? I got a haircut. It's an exciting time. So we are, we're, we're the minority in the town right now as far as people that got haircuts, man. We're special. Man, it, yeah. it felt like Christmas. I know. I, I tell you, when I walked out yeah. of the, when I, oh, I, I walked home with, oh my gosh, this is what a human being feels like. Yeah. I, I had, I had started to feel literally, Glenn, like, like Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I just had hair everywhere and uh, it's funny. During the pandemic, one of the things that my uh, my son discovered is something called Apple Arcade okay. on, on Apple TV, which is uh, sort of a game service. You pay a subscription and you can play all the games on the uh, Apple TV device, which is it's kind of some of them are kind of interesting. One of them is called uh, Sneaky Sasquatch. And so you play the game as the Sasquatch and you're, the objective is to go out and basically steal food from campsites and you not be seen not be seen okay. not get caught by the ranger yeah. and as you progress in the game you can uh, buy disguises you know you can you know dress up like a human being you can go into town you can get a car you can learn mm. to drive you can learn to play golf you can fish i'm like and i told my son i said why does why does the sasquatch need a fishing rod you know yeah. but uh, it's a funny little game but the one thing the sasquatch can't do is go get a haircut i said why can't the sasquatch go get a haircut that would be the best disguise is just go get a haircut. And so we were, but it's a funny little uh, game, but I, I literally felt like the Sasquatch uh, when I, and when I went to get a haircut, oh my gosh, it was like a, whew. I know. I, I've never been that long in my life without a haircut. Oh, I, well, I have. Um, but uh, I told clients, you know, like the week before, I don't normally look like a hippie. Um, <laughs> and, and I and I told my girl, you know, that cuts my hair, am I going to do a ponytail, yeah. a man bun? And she said, definitely not man bun. Yeah, no, no. man bun. I told I told Liz on the Friday show one week, I said, Liz, I'm channeling Barry Gibb. I may, yeah. I may break out into falsetto yeah. at any time. But well, we are staying alive. So. Yeah, we're staying alive. And I said that would be a tragedy, but uh, some interesting stuff on the COVID-19. There's plenty of, uh, you know, plenty of emerging science and uh, commentary folks out there that continue to suggest that the lockdowns may have been an overreaction, that they may have actually, some people are now suggesting that they may have been harmful. Uh, One of the things I wanted to mention to you guys is the uh, information coming out about contact tracing and uh, ongoing authority of the government. That's, I think, where the key issue now is how much authority should the government have over us in light of this pandemic? What should the conditions, the parameters be for how it exercises that authority? And I think that's where we'll have to be mindful. I think there is a two big questions that we have to look at. One is, uh, have these lockdowns that have essentially, for the most part, 
destroyed many businesses. Mm -hmm. Have they been justified? Have they been necessary? Have they been effective? There is a growing body of uh, evidence that suggests they may have been harmful. And if they have been harmful, we don't need to do this again. And it's anticipated, many are suggesting, that there will be a COVID-19 2.0 in November or October or perhaps Mm -hmm. December. So we need to think carefully about that. There's also going to be the ongoing issue of uh, emergency orders that we've already discussed. We'll continue to discuss. Plus, I want to get to a little bit of uh, information on contact tracing, which I think you guys will find interesting. But after the break, uh, we're going to be joined by a quick interview by Janet with Janice Morial. So stick with us for that. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee. Don't leave town. Everybody. It's attorney Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour here on WTKN. I'm also a practicing attorney with the firm of Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law here in Myrtle Beach. These are certainly trying and uncertain times for individuals, families, and businesses here along the Grand Strand. Please know that our team of professionals at Davis and Boyd stands ready to assist you with all of your personal and business legal needs. So if we can assist you in any way, give us a call at 839-9800. That's Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk Everybody, welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee. It is 7:34 on your Saturday morning. I'm Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. Thanks for sticking with us for the Saturday Morning Coffee program. It is uh, May 30th, 2020, and you are um, privileged to have with us uh, on the program uh, Janice Morial. Uh, started talking, and the line went dead. I hope the line doesn't go dead. But uh, Janice is here with us uh, on uh, the program to talk about her campaign for Ori County School Board District Five. Janice, can you hear me? I can. Good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm great. Well, that is wonderful to hear. I am happy to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. And tell the folks, if you would, who Janice Morial is, and let us know what you are running for, if you would. Um, so I am Janice Moriel, and I have, um, I'm running for Horry County School Board District 5, which encompasses the um, Garden City, Surfside, Merle's Inlet area. It includes the St. James, Burgess, St. James Elementary, and Seaside Schools and St. James Middle School. Um, this is, I'm running for my third term, and um, I'm happy to be a part of your show this morning. Well, great. This is your third term. That means you were elected, what, 2012? Yeah. No, um, yeah, yes, yes, yes. I was elected in 2012, yep. and I started in 2013. Very good, very um, good. Yes. And um, tell me, Janice, what is uh, in your, I think in your normal day, I know this because I'm a lawyer, but you are a paralegal in your normal career, if I'm not mistaken. I am. How is I am. It, 
how is it juggling uh, the work of school board? How how is it juggling the work of school board and holding down a job and, and doing all the other things that you have to do? Uh, tell folks a little bit about the school board. How it you know how it works, if you would. Right. Well, you know, it's um it's a lot more than running two board two going two meetings a month, yeah. and it's um like you said, I'm a paralegal at Nelson Mullins Law Firm in Myrtle Beach. They've always been very flexible with my schedule, mm-hmm. um, and which has been important for me to be able to do both jobs. Um, I like to say uh, my full-time job is the one with my health insurance, and then the other one is just a great job as well because I really enjoy being on the school board yeah. and helping make these important decisions yeah. uh, that we do all the time. Oh, sure. Uh, and I would yeah. imagine I would imagine this has been an extremely this has been an extremely interesting year for all of us, but an incredibly interesting one to be on the school board and help shepherd the school district through this craziness that we've experienced over the last you know, 60 to 90 days, really unprecedented in any of our lifetimes. Oh, absolutely. You know, when I have a child in school, just like you do, and when they went to school in March, you know, they left on March 13th, they didn't know that that was the last day they were going to ever walk in those schools again. And, and to me, that was, it's important that we, you know, the teachers didn't know, they didn't walk out with certain things that they were going to need. You know, I know parents who Children, they have like a and you know little pair of glasses that they use for reading at school. They had to make arrangements to get those things because we just didn't know that was going to be the last day you walked into school. I think our teachers have done a phenomenal job yeah. of immediately regrouping and becoming virtual instructors. Yeah. Um, I think it's you know we've gone through some ups and downs, and we're working through that. We're working on making next year if we have to do this again um, even better. Mm-hmm. We'll be doing some professional development for our teachers to help them become better virtual instructors. Mm-hmm. My son's taken some virtual classes, and those teachers, you know, they already have lessons in place that are virtual, and kids can access that 24-7. We didn't have that in place. You know, our teachers had to kind of just immediately jump in sure. and do this. And, and it was difficult for everybody, students, parents. You know, parents. some parents still had to work and work with their children to make sure their homework was done. I mean, I know you did. I oh, had yeah. to work. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's difficult to balance all that, but I think we've all done a really good job getting us to the end, and we'll see where we start next year. Yeah, I must say that it has been an, a learning experience for all of us, I believe. An interesting uh, point you make, though, is uh, brings to mind this question. Do you know when the decision will be made about how we will – go to school next year will we go to school will it be a virtual school start do you know do you know who will that decision be made on i assume that decision will be made on a statewide basis or will it be made on a local basis by the county school boards or how and when will that happen do you do you know i i hope i'm not putting you on the spot but do you know anything about when that decision or how that decision will be made no i know um as you probably do the states i'm working on they've got these accelerate groups and one of the groups is accelerate ed and i've been following those meetings um, and, and they bring up some very interesting things. You know, we're really fortunate in Horry County with, with the, the, you know, the funding we have in place and where we are with our budgets and things. We have nurses in every school. Listening to the Accelerate Ed meetings, I found out there's about 199 schools in the state that don't have a nurse, period, or may have a part-time nurse. Mm-hmm. And, and things like that are important to be putting in place, you know, for temperature checks and things like that. I think it'll be closer. We'll need to see where we go with this virus before we make a decision. Yeah. You know, it's just the same thing applied to graduation. That was a big topic here lately oh, yeah. in our area to figure out what kind of graduation could we have for these children. Um, 
And it wasn't just a quick conversation. We had to, you have to wait some time because we didn't know, is the virus going to be worse? Is it going to be better? Cause mm-hmm. those circumstances will kind of change your decision and make you regroup and go in a different way. So I think that's how we'll have to start next school year too, maybe getting a little closer. Yeah. Well, I know the state's looking at some funding to put into place, maybe some coming back a little bit earlier with your K-8 students to um, give them some extra time to kind of get back in gear and to go over some things again. Um, And I'm so glad the state's looking at waiving testing next year so that we can truly focus on getting kids back up to speed and then learning for next year. And we won't be pressured by a test. And when, and when you say um, waiving testing, you're referring to the statewide uh, achievement, yes. the benchmark testing, the, all, the, all the acronym tests that are out there that we... Yes, yeah. all the tests and for high school and elementary, middle school. Yes, I think yeah. that's important so we can just focus on actual learning. One of the things that I noticed, uh, Janice, and you and I have talked about this briefly before, is a little bit of a concern to me, and I'm sure it's a concern to not just me, but many people. My son would get up in the morning and Listen, I, I have to let me just take a moment to give a nod to, in, in particular, the, the faculty and the staff that I have personal experience with, which is St. James uh, Intermediate. But just I'm sure that they are indicative of schools across the district, but they just did a phenomenal uh, job adjusting to a very unexpected unprecedented, I mean, all those things that COVID-19 was and seemed to just roll with it in such a professional way. Very, very impressed. You know, my, my son would get on the morning, have his Zoom call with Mr. Satterley and, and the, you know, the kids would all be in the grid that we all know, the, the grid view that we're all now familiar with, how we interact with one another in meetings and everything else and have his lesson and they would have, you know, virtual class and he would get to, to work and and but, you know, one of the things he pointed out to me early on is that, that there were some kids that simply weren't showing up, weren't participating. And we've had some, re- you know, releases lately, some statements, you know, statewide, very large number of students that sort of uh, dropped off the grid when all this started. I mean, it's a figure of speech, but literally, uh, you know, dropped off the grid in this case and have we've sort of lost them in, in the mix of all this. And do you have any thoughts on that or what we do about how big a problem that is in Ori County and, and perhaps elsewhere? I don't know if, if we'll actually be able to know. I think the teachers know who they've not been able to get a hold of, but I don't know until we get final grades in as a district, but district-wide we'll know mm-hmm. the ramification of how many we really just didn't have sign on at all. Um, I know it, it's out there. Yeah. Um, I know, you know, it's, it's just a lot of issues, you know. Um, we've had some students, you know, you have a high school student. You know, you can only do so much with putting your high school student on and making sure that they do their work and staying on top of them because, yeah. you know, we've got some seniors. And what parents, I don't think, realized was that this counted. I'm not sure some of our families, because I'd heard from several, and they're like, well, you know, we just don't really have to do this. You're not going to fail my child for this. And so I'm not sure families took this seriously as well. Um, but I know our high school students are feeling that because if they didn't do any work from March 16th forward, some of them are not going to be graduating this summer. Mm. So. Grades do matter, yeah. and this work did count. Yeah. I think some students, you know, they truly just didn't have a lot of support at home. For whatever reason, mom and dad have to work, and some are working two and three jobs, and they were fortunate not to lose their job. And it's hard to come home at the end of the day and then sit down for hours and with your child and make sure they've done their work. 
some parents think their children are doing their work because they see them on a computer, yeah. but they're not actually looking at the screen to see that they're playing. Yeah. I'm actually just attending because, that Zoom meeting. Just because your child is staring at a screen, it might be TikTok. It may be something you know, completely unrelated to school. Uh, Janice, we've got to go to a short uh, commercial break. Will you stick with us through the break? I want to give you a chance to wrap up with any other comments that you want to share about your campaign. Uh, sure. So stick with us through the break if you would. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors, folks. We've got Janice Morial, candidate for school board on the line. Don't leave town. morning coffee the reese boyd radio hour and more coming up next on talk 94.5 saturday morning coffee the reese boyd radio hour is now two full hours full hours on talk 94.5 can keep my hands to myself Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 748 on your Saturday morning. Welcome to the show. Hope you are having a great Saturday morning. Hope the coffee is good this morning. It is Saturday, May the 30th, 2020. We are joined here on the show by Janice Morial. Janice is a candidate for Ory County School Board District 5, a position that she currently holds. She's running for re-election and she's uh, on the ballot in the June 9 Republican primary here in Ory County. And uh, can't keep my hands to myself, Janice. That was my problem when I was, when we were in school, I just, you know, couldn't keep my hands to myself. So um, <laughs> I wanted to uh, give you a chance, Janice. Oh, uh, Janice, before we let you go, I did have one other question. What is going to happen to high school football in the, in the fall? Do we have a plan for that? That's a good question. That's a good question, isn't it? Because inquiring, inquiring minds do want to know. I mean, we want the kids to learn. Yeah. Don't, we got our priorities in order, but we are wondering about this uh, upcoming fall football season. Any any uh, indication of how that's going to be working or not working? Well, and you know, it's funny. I was listening recently to um, ESPN with the NFL and talking about how they don't know what that's going to look like. Can you imagine watching an NFL game with no one in the stands? Oh my gosh, I just can't even imagine. Uh, it's bizarre. And it's important for our high school students to have that support. I yeah. mean, those are amazing crowds. I mean, St. James doesn't have the best football team. We're certainly not known for that, but we have the best crowds that come. Those students are so supportive, whether you're winning or losing, they're so supportive and they're there every game. Yeah. And it generates a lot of revenue for your school for them to use for athletics and other needs. Oh, sure. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. The high school league has come out with some, um, practice, uh, recommendations for what practices should look like. Um, and so I think, you know, again, we're going to be kind of waiting to see where we are with the virus as we get a little further into things. But they are allowed to start practices here soon. Mm -hmm. um, they're going to have to go through some parameters of limiting the number of people practicing and washing hands, bringing your own water bottles, um, taking temperatures as part of the requirement as well. So we'll have to have our nurses on staff to make sure we get all those done. Or, and uh, um, I think, you know, with the parameters, I think we'll see how it goes. But I certainly am hopeful that we can all be in the stands for those football games. And, and I think you've been there, Reese, like I have. You do, you do a lot of school spirit nights at your football yeah, game, and yeah. you recognize your feeder schools, and, and those are important yeah. um, as part of that community. Oh, and absolutely. so 
Um, and I, you know, our seniors this year have been through so much, you know, no prom, no spring sports. And, and I would hate for us to start all over again doing that same thing to the next group of seniors that comes through. But hopefully, fingers crossed, you know, we're in a better place with this now mm-hmm. and we can we can get back on track. Well, there, if there is one word of uh, advice, if I may, I can give you one of the things that I would suggest you guys take a hard look at, Janice, is I know there are states, countries where that have not engaged in the wholesale closure of schools. And I think we really need to look hard at the data. Of course, we know that COVID-19 is really rare among people of the age that we're talking about. I know there's another issue about, well, they can be carriers. They may, they may not actually ever get infected, but they could carry the germ or the, or the virus uh, back home and infect others. But I really think we need to look hard very, very hard at these other countries where uh, where school closures have been much more limited and compare the data there, compare their experience to ours. And we, we may find that the wholesale closure of all our schools is simply not justified. I don't know the answer to that question, but I'm thinking we need to base those decisions going forward on hard data, not our speculative fear. So I totally agree with that. And, you know, one of the things I'm really proud of is that in the beginning when we were talking about graduation, <clears throat> There are some districts that were just going to do, and Horry County was one of them. We were just going to do a virtual graduation. I know many states are only having their students do a virtual graduation. I've got a niece graduating in Pennsylvania. They're not having a traditional ceremony. It'll just be virtual, which is where you'll just flash their pictures up on the screen and you can watch it at home, it, which makes for just a whole, you know, I, I get the situation. But right now, I'm so glad we've reevaluated and our children had the option we mm-hmm. had three options, so we could participate in the traditional ceremony with two guests where the students will be out on the football field. And by the way, I'm so glad we had this rain this week because next week is supposed to be beautiful, and it is all of our graduations outside. Yep. So, uh, so glad we got that rain out of the system. Yeah, absolutely. But, and they could also do an individual ceremony. Maybe they might have a compromised immune system themselves, mm-hmm. or maybe their parent does, and they still want all their family there. So they could do an individual ceremony or... You know, we've got some students who really don't want to walk. Um, They might have attended a program school, and they didn't want to participate in our base traditional high school graduation. So I'm really glad that we did that because you're right. Um, You know, just immediately cutting off and then going virtual because we're afraid to come back to things isn't the way to do it. And I'm really glad most of the districts in South Carolina, I've been watching Greenville's, they've been live streaming theirs. They were doing theirs um, in a traditional manner, just like we're talking about, and two guests, and it's gone well. They've had theirs live streamed. We'll be live streaming ours next week, and so and I look forward to it. Most state, most districts across the county have gone that way, and yeah. I'm so glad that yeah. they've made that choice. Well, Janice, I want to thank you for coming on the program. You've always, uh, I've always been impressed uh, when I do carpool. I don't do carpool every day, but when I run carpool, I've always been amazed at the number of times I see you at the schools at uh, St. James, uh, uh, at Seaside Elementary and, and St. James yep. Intermediate. And I know, so I know that speaks to your commitment to the job. And that's why I ask you about your other work, because I sometimes uh, wonder how people who do all those things find time to do the things they do. And so you've always impressed me with your commitment to the position it shows in the number of times I, I see you at the schools. And so I just thank you for your service and, um, and good luck. If folks want to get in thank touch you. with you, uh, Janice, or the campaign, how can they do that? Well, anybody can call me. They call me all the time, 843-241-4070. 
and I'm available anytime. Yeah, well, you are my you are my go to source for information <laughs> schools, and uh, so I always appreciate your help there, folks. We've been talking to Janice Moriel, and I believe you do have an opponent in the um, in the primary campaign, correct? I do. Okay, as always on the program, folks, we invite all candidates. I think your opponent is uh, Howard Bernard, who is a former. County Council member, all candidates in the in the in the race are invited to come on the program. Just get in touch with the show and we'll get you on the air. But folks, we have been this morning talking to Janice Moriel, a candidate for council seat number five on Ori County School Board. Janice, thanks for your time and we'll talk to you again soon, okay? Thanks so much. Have okay. a great day. Take care. You too. Uh, folks, we've got a, a fair number of things I wanted to mention before we uh, turn completely away from the uh, topic of the COVID-19 update. wanted to mention this interesting article. As I said before the break, there is, I think, a lot of questions to resolve. One of the main things I've been talking about lately is just let's look at the data. As I was just saying with uh, Janice Morial, let's look at the data. Let's make decisions that are sound based on hard uh, empirical data, not, not our fear. I don't think we, I don't think fear is a basis for good decision making. So as we come out of this, it's important that we uh, study the data and real data. And it's apparent that a lot of the data is being uh, over-reported as it relates to COVID-19. And we're going to have to look at that. The other thing I wanted to mention to you is this whole issue of contact tracing. And an interesting article in the, and I think that's another hot button issue that we're going to have to be very uh, watchful of. Interesting article this week in The Nerve by Rick Brundrett points to uh, something that we need to pay attention to. Among the provisions in Governor Henry McMaster's emergency orders, uh, which we've already spoken of on the program and previously, is one allowing state health department officials to confine people infected with coronavirus in their homes or in other private or public places. Although the provision has not been enforced to date, it's part of a 2002 Emergency Health Powers Act. Those who don't comply with the South Carolina Department of Health and Environmental Controls rules could face a felony charge carrying a maximum penalty of 30 days in jail and a $1,000 fine. Anyone visiting people in isolation or quarantine could face the same felony penalty if not authorized by DHEC to do so. And so interesting provision that has not been really discussed, but a rather extraordinary power that state government has, and nobody's really talking about it. And again, it's in these emergency orders that the governor uh, is just renewing, which I think is another issue. But there's a, a fascinating question about contact tracing, which I'd like to touch on briefly. We'll get to that after the break. Uh, after these words from our sponsors, We'll be right back with more Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. Saturday Morning Coffee. Call the show at 843-903-2945. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour returns after these on Talk 94.5. 806 uh, this morning. Got um, <clears throat> Saturday will feature a very similar forecast to much of the week we've had, but tomorrow we are clearing Today, you can expect a high of 84, but it's going to feel like 90 degrees with all that humidity in the air, and you can expect scattered showers and storms throughout the day. 72 degrees as you head out this morning. After today, though, we have no rain in the forecast for the next week, and that's what Ed said. Now, back to the Saturday morning coffee. 
the Respoid Radio Hours on Talk. Thank you, Glenn. Good morning. Welcome back to the show. It is 8.06 on your Saturday morning. This is the bonus second cup hour of Saturday morning coffee. Hope that second cup is treating you well. Wanted to chat for a minute about uh, contact tracing issue, another issue that I mentioned before the uh, break. Uh, And one of the things that we need to be aware of going forward, I think there's a very real risk, of course, um, uh, Google and Apple uh, recently uh, released a joint venture agreement on a platform to uh, address contract contact tracing uh, through your cell phones. And uh, listen, folks, one of the threats to your liberty is big tech. And anytime uh, the big tech giants start uh, working together and cooperating on things that keep an eye on you, uh, you need to be very careful and pay careful attention. Uh, that is, uh, frankly, one of the greatest threats to our liberty is not even the government. You know, big tech and the way we have uh, arranged w- the world around us in the Internet age represents many threats to your freedom, to your liberty. But one of the things that will be an issue to be sorted out going forward as we put this uh, pandemic, hopefully, in the rearview mirror is how to address contact tracing going forward. You're going to hear a lot about contact tracing over the coming weeks and months. You're already hearing about it. Of course, Google and Apple have a, um, a joint venture approach that will work across the Android and iPhone platforms. And uh, so just wanted to share that with you, keep, keep you um, abreast of that. There's two basic technologies involved in contact tracing. One is a, a Bluetooth based system. That's the system that Apple and Android uh, Google are adopting. The other is uh, uses uh, location data, GPS data to track your whereabouts over time. And then that information is merged into a database that is uh, cross-referenced with known coronavirus hotspots. So they go back and they pick dates and times where they know the virus was present based on data that they get. And they come back and use the information gathered through the contact tracing process to contact everybody who was there. But of course, in order to do that, they have to know where you were at any particular given moment in time. Huge opportunity for abuse in that process. The way the Bluetooth system works, a little more protective of your privacy, it gives every individual cell phone a unique number. A token is the term. And as you go about your day and carry your cell phone with you, your cell phone is always broadcasting the token. And as you go about your business, you travel, you go to your coffee shop, you get your coffee, you go to work. The others who come into contact with you, other folks who come into contact with you, their cell phones receive your token because you are constantly broadcasting through the contact tracing app, your specific unique token. It's like a transponder on an airplane. Wherever you go, your contact tracing app will be broadcasting your specific token. Think about that. And so at the end of the day, not only will you have broadcast your token everywhere you've been, you will have literally left a digital trail of all your whereabouts and your comings and goings through the digital tokens that you have broadcast that have been picked up by either other people's cell phones or by hardware receivers that might be located on who knows where they might be located, be located anywhere. And 
if somebody tests positive for the coronavirus, not only will they have been sharing that data, but their cell phone will also contain all the tokens that their cell phone has received from others that have been in the proximity of that person. So it works both ways. And you don't have to think about that a lot to think through some pretty significant implications for personal privacy and personal liberty. And it's just something that we need to be aware of. I'm not telling you it's the end of the world, but it is something to be very cognizant of. The thing that's interesting about it is the system only works. It's like herd immunity, folks. It only works if most of the people's cell phone have that app in it. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm not going to go out and download a contact tracing app because I don't think it's anybody's darn business where I am. But Pelosi wants you to. Come on, man. She wants I know, you to I'm, I'm so that. selfish, Glenn. I'm so <laughs> selfish. I've, I've, I've struggled with selfishness all my life, y'all. But here's the thing. In order for it to work, virtually everybody's got to download the app. Yep. If, you don't, if you don't have 70, 80% of the folks downloading the app, and of course, that ain't going to work. No, that ain't going to happen. So what you're going to find is it's going to be baked into the operating system. And there are already indications in some publications that... The contact tracing capability is baked into the operating system, will be baked into future releases. So it'll come down to the point where we'll we'll all have to make a decision. Mm -hmm. We'll either be walking around with our iPhone 4Ss running iOS 6, (laughs) which will probably sell on the black market for, you know, $1,000. Go ahead and stock up on your iPhone 4Ss. Don't sell them if you have them in your basement. Hold on to those. They're going to be very valuable at some point. I'll we'll be carrying burner phones. Yeah, you know? burner phones. <laughs> and um, But you'll either not upgrade or you won't have a phone. And then, of course, there will come the time where I, I'm guessing that if you don't have a certain level of operating system on your phone, you just won't be able to access the network. And so right. this is where we're headed, folks. Just keep it in mind. Not trying to alarm anybody. Just want you to think through these things. Lots of things to think through. But let's change the subject to something a little more uh, constructive. I've... Uh, invited Don Bound to join us on the program. Don's speaking of helping me think through things. Don is one of those uh, great folks who has been a uh, Red Hats for Trump guy since the beginning. He founded that organization and he helps me think through all things Trump. So and he's I, a great American. Oh, great. <laughs> he is. He, he, I, I just, I was distracted. I just got a, a, a Liz Calloway tweet. Uh-oh. She, I got a VIP tweet on my VIP list on my iOS device. <laughs> Liz, Liz, Liz Calloway advises she has turned off iOS updates for that very reason. Huh. Yeah. So. Um, well, thanks for listening, I, Liz. I, I, yeah, thanks for listening, Liz. We'll give you a plug. Yeah. Liz Calloway show, Monday through Friday. We, uh, we love her. She loves us, apparently. So yeah. that's a good thing. Uh, I have, I've never been a fan of auto-update. I hate auto-update. There is nothing worse than getting to your computer in the morning and finding that some knucklehead in Sacramento has put a new version of something that you use every day on your computer, and you don't even have any, you don't even have any say-so yep. in yep. the matter. Yep. But we got distracted. We have Don Bound joining us on the phone this morning. Don's here to talk to us about Red Hats for Trump, how things are going, including an event June, June 14, uh, that I think you guys will be interested to hear about. Don, can you hear me? Yeah, I'm just not sure I had the right uh, station. You talked about some guy coming on, how good and great and patriotic and uh, he is. I said, well, I've got the wrong call in this you know, I am. I don't know who. Are we talking about the same guy? I'm talking about Don Bound. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm here, but I thought you must be talking about someone else. Yeah, I, you know, I've done that. I've done that before. I've I've walked up on when somebody's introduced me, uh, Don, and I'm like, are, are we talking about the same Reese Boyd? <laughs> well, 
Well, you know, it, it, it's hard to be humble when you walk in with a you know a bunch of accolades like that. Oh yeah, look at this guy. Yeah, you know, okay, you know, I'm going to talk now. Well, well, hey Don, your modulation is terrible. Uh, can you do something with your phone there? Um, there you go. There you go. There you go. Take, I can take the speech. I'm sitting in my office. Yeah. And I try to talk into the microphone so I don't have to hold it up to my ear. But uh, are you on? Are you on Bluetooth, Don? You know they're tracking you. Yeah. They're tracking you now. Yeah. I heard that. Yeah. yeah. So well, once you get rid of your phone, it's just going to insert a little chip in your arm somewhere, anyways. Yeah. Did you know, Don? There is actually a bill. Um, you cannot make this stuff up. There is actually a bill in Congress that provides several hundred millions of dollars for contact tracing. And do you know what the bill number is? I, I wouldn't even dare to guess. You ready for this? It's House Bill number 6666. <laughs> you, okay. can't, you, can't, you can't make this stuff up, Don. You can't make this stuff up. Oh, my God. Where are we going? I, it, you, I really, Don, you like... Sometimes I, I, I sort of poke myself in the side and think, is this really happening? You know, am I really thinking these things that I'm thinking? Well, you know, I, went, I joined the Navy, as you know, the submarines in 1965. And I thought I was doing the right thing for the country. Of course, it was Vietnam. And, of course, as we know, no one ever got thanked for going to Vietnam. And it's just one of those wars that we were forgotten, all the people that were in it. But, you know, I, I did what I had to do. Uh, I did because I wanted to do it, and I thought it was the right thing to do because I always looked up to military people and, and as I was growing up. And so for 20 years, 30 years, I had my business. I did everything that the right way. I stayed out of jail. I, I think I got one speeding ticket out of 50 years or something. But, you know, I tried to do everything right. Yeah. And you're, you're, now, a, you're a rule follower. You're a rule follower. Well, I, I, yeah, I just I, I don't like confrontation. I'd yeah. rather walk away from it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll, if I have to be involved, I will, but I'd yeah. rather not. Yeah. So I've done yeah, this my whole life. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, I'm looking at it. It's almost like the anxiety and the, that I had when I joined the Navy way back. What is going on? What am I in for? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's sad. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit, Don. If we yeah. can, you know, it's interesting. Speaking of rule following, there is a there is a dire contrast in our society now, Don. And we'll uh, we'll continue this after the break because I think we're going to have to take a break here in a second. Mm -hmm. I want you to talk about your event, but um, you know, there is a dire and stark divide in our society, and it's being revealed right now on the television news, uh, yep. CNN, MSNBC. There are those in society who are rule followers who dutifully cash our paychecks, send a portion to politicians, who every day make more and more rules for us to follow. Now they want you to wear masks. They want you to, you know, you know take your vitamins. And, and yet there's a whole other segment of society. And I'm not disparaging any individual when I say this or any, you know, I, I, but there is, a, there is a another segment of society that is not interested in following any rule. I mean, think about that. They, they want to break society down. They want to burn police stations and, and undermine the very rules that society is built upon. And Tucker Carlson had some great comments about that. We'll get to those later in the program. And, Don, we want to continue uh, with your discussion because we want to have you talk about a Red Hats for Trump event coming up. So stick with us, if you will. And, folks, we'll be right back after the break with more Don Bound and more Saturday morning coffee. Don't leave town. Child. 
local news, and more. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese means more coffee. Coming up next on Talk 94.5. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. In a cave below the ground, way down. It's cold and it's dark But it knows his way around And the mazes of the underground Are no match for him Good morning everybody, welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee The Reese Boyd Radio Hour The mazes of the underground are no match for him Little Matt the Electrician We're talking about Don Bound of course Underground Mazes is no match for Don Bound. Don Bound, Red Hats for Trump guy, is on the phone. And Don, I uh, wanted to ask you a quick question. What do you think about, um, we, were, we were talking about rule following, and basically I think there is a huge gap in our society uh, that we have to address. Um, you know, what happened in Minneapolis is unspeakable and just tragic beyond words. But, of course, one tragedy does not justify another tragedy. And what is happening in Minneapolis, St. Paul now and in other cities across the nation is, in fact, a, another independent tragedy. What, do, what are your thoughts on that? What, how, do, how do you how do you uh, what, what's your wisdom? What wisdom can you share with me? Because I'm struggling with that one. Well, it depends on how deep into conspiracy you want to go. I'm not a conspiracy. You know, I, I just don't believe in conspiracies and the theory of it. I mean, mm-hmm. some of it may be. But you wonder just what's going on. But at the basic level, it's just plain opportunist to see a way to to steal, rob, cheat, and and for their own good. And I don't think some of them may think or may be being paid or may something else. Be thinking of how much disruption that they're doing and and how much more divide in in this country they can get. I mean, when you divide, you can conquer. Yeah. United you stand, divided you fall, which is, you know. So you really have to wonder how much of this stuff is orchestrated, how much of this stuff is planned, how much of it is just spontaneous. It's just so many questions, and it's just like the pandemic. You don't get any straight answers. Yeah, very hard to pin down. But a couple of thoughts do come to mind. You know, it's a very subtle... Um, it's a very subtle connection. Conspiracies don't have to be direct, but there are forces clearly working against an orderly society clearly forces at work that are destructive and i'm not suggesting i mean if i'm an african-american and i look at what happened on the streets of minneapolis uh, that's appalling that's That's, appalling there is nothing there is nothing that i can say that is in any way that mitigates that there is nothing to mitigate that apparently now Now, being an attorney reese you know why they charged with third degree did you follow all that yeah he's been charged the officer has now been charged with third degree murder and you know, you know why it's that way instead of first or second? Uh, well, you know, the, the district attorney made a very cryptic remark, which the district attorney's office, his, uh, you know, somebody told him to walk back. They quickly walked back. But, you know, there was an initial statement that he made that there was some con- contradictory evidence that brought criminality into question. If there's eight minutes of continuous videotape, that shows what we all know it shows. I don't understand how you need anything else. The, well, the thing, what, what, was, what was explained, and, and I heard it in, mm-hmm. late last night, is first-degree murder. I mean, it's got to be premeditated. It's got oh, to be yeah, yeah, there's no yeah. question. Yeah, premeditated. So none, of that, yeah. none of that, they said, could be absolutely proven. 
no, the only thing that they they know for sure is that third degree can, and they can update it as they get more facts. Yeah, and he very well uh, will be. Pro- I mean, we know he's going to be prosecuted. You know, his wife. <laughs> Uh, his wife has filed for divorce. But what's curious to me, Don, is the guy apparently had a history of abuse. And yes. you know, listen, you will have no greater support for police than this man behind the microphone. I am a huge supporter right. of our yeah. of our men and women in blue. But this guy apparently, this guy's uh, what's his name, Derek Chauvin. Derek Chauvin uh, apparently had a history of force abuse issues and and you know here's the thing don i don't care whether you have a badge and you're wearing blue or if you're a citizen exercising your private second amendment right to to bear an arm and defend yourself the use of deadly force must be limited to both time and space you can only exercise deadly force and I don't care if you have a badge and you're and you're exercising the authority of the estate or if you're a private individual exercising your constitutional right to defend yourself, standing your ground. But your use of deadly force must be limited to the extent necessary to preserve, you, you know, to do to accomplish the, the, the means, the end. And the means must be limited in terms of whatever is absolutely required. And when you have subdued a suspect and he's laying motionless on the ground and you handcuffed have, and he's handcuffed and you have your knee in his neck for eight minutes, the last two and a half minutes of which he appears to be completely unresponsive, mm-hmm. there, I, there is no basis. It's yeah. hard to imagine. Can't defend it. It, it's hard to imagine a, a circumstance where you use deadly force for eight minutes unless you're in a firefight well and we're missing some video i've seen where he was arrested handcuffed taken from the car up against the the building but then the next video you see is him on the floor by the or on the ground by the vehicle with the the you know the knee on his neck yeah um and, and, no matter what no, no matter what let's yeah. say he started resisting arrest again when you get him on the ground yeah he's, he's face down and your knee is in his neck if, if let's say you plan on doing that you don't do it for eight minutes. Yeah. You do it just. There's plenty of other officers who are standing. Your right modulation's there. terrible, Don. Yeah. Can you can you adjust your phone, Don? I got it up to my ear. There you go. Much there. better. Much better. Oh, but, okay. But yeah, you're you're exactly you're exactly right, Don. Why did he not just roll the guy over? The yeah. guy was unresponsive. Yeah. And get off. But there's of other it. police there. Yeah. Holding his legs down. Right next to him. Oh. And, and no one stopped. Yeah. So and you know, interestingly enough, apparently this guy, this officer, not only. Who's now been charged? He had a history. Apparently, mm-hmm. prior history was under Amy Klobuchar, who apparently mm-hmm. had knowledge and did not intervene, allowed this guy to continue to that. yeah mm-hmm. continue to serve. And so now we're seeing some pushback among um, various groups, NAACP, others that have said Klobuchar's going to be a liability for Biden if he goes there. Which of course means I don't think he'll be going there. Mm-hmm. So another interesting mm-hmm. fallout from this event. But Don, you've got um, you've got an event coming up. In June, a Red Hats for Trump sponsored event in honor of Flag Day and the president. What's um, what's that all about? Can you give us a little information? Absolutely, we'd love to. And first of all, I want to thank you for everything you've been doing. There's there's three of us that, that got together to start doing this, and we especially one of them, Jim Curry, and myself. And we wanted to do something just a little different than we've done before. So there's kind of new people involved, new blood, and we started putting together this event. We did a march last year on his birthday. Of course, June 14th, I, I did a proclamation. It's National Red Hats for Trump Day, which is, you know, my own thing. 
it's the Army's birthday, it's our flag day, and it's the President's birthday. So no better time to come together to celebrate this, this whole thing. And, and we've come up with the name, and thanks to Reese, it was kind of like your idea, is Stand for Freedom Day. And that, that means so much to so many people. And we just, we got to start doing something in the pot. I mean, there's so much negativity out there yeah. that, you know, it's just, it's just absolutely need, we need something. Yeah. And, and, and Reese, you, and I understand you were very busy, but again, I want to thank you personally, and Jim does too, for reaching out to, to try to put together that venue that didn't come together. But that was, that was, you know, you did a lot of work and, and I'm sorry to see that didn't happen. Oh, it's my but, pleasure. But I think we've got a great spot, uh, Don, as I mean, you know, Lord, Lord has his plans and, and we yeah, just kind of do what we can do and, and he takes care of the details. But I think you've got a great venue in Merle's Inlet. Uh, tell us about that. Where's it going to be? The, the, yeah, it's going to be 11 to 2 uh-huh. at the Beaver Bar in Merle's Inlet okay, on good. June 14th. Yeah, so that's that's kind of, I'm putting more, we're going to do more flyers out there. We're going to use a mass set that we all agreed on. Right after the meeting, we put together the, the first hour, we've got speakers, we're going to salute the flag, we're going to do this. But about middle of the afternoon, and, and nobody else but I knew that Pamela Evett has agreed to kick off our event. Sweet. Good. So she will be there. Uh, it's confirmed. She yeah. will be there. And to be the welcoming, welcome people and, and hopefully lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance and, yeah. and she'll be there. And and so that happened about 3 o'clock, 2.30, 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon. Things are starting to come together. And talking with Liz, and of course, you know, I was on the show to begin with, right to start with, she's involved and she's agreed to emcee it, which is an unbelievable thing. But the other thing that you don't know and no one else knows in the group, because I got these things last night and early this morning, mm-hmm. is... Liz is, is is has made friendship with James Steppens. Do you know him? Uh, I've heard the name. Uh, that's a uh, is he? An uh, he owns the Ashton Theater. Okay. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And he was in run up to do in movies, and he does an unbelievable. Uh, he's a comedian. He's he's he uh, he does impersonations. Uh, he does Sammy Cook. I mean, does all kinds of stuff. You know stuff. Mm-hmm. And he has agreed through Liz to come in after the first hour, which we're going to have our you know speakers and doing this and doing that, and we're going to sing Happy Birthday to the President, everybody in the group. And Alan Oregon's coming. Oregon, I have always have a hard time saying it. Is going to come in and say God bless the USA, right to start with. Mm-hmm. And and so basically the whole thing was put together yesterday. They did the full agenda for the first hour is what everybody knows no one knew about liz wanting to do it being involved and no one knew about james Stephens because he is doing a big thing on father's day at his theater. so he's willing to come in for no money this isn't going to cost anybody a dime and come in and do like a half an hour 45 minute show of, of different things. So yeah. it's, it's, we're starting to put together a, a main day. I just, you know, yesterday I was, you know, and I've heard, I knew what you were doing and yeah. I said, Oh no. <laughs> well, I think it's important to note, um, Don, that this isn't going to cost anybody anything. This is going to be a um, free event. And it's so important to stand for freedom. And I do love the title, even if it was my idea. It, 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 you know, we have to, you're humble. Yeah. We have to literally, we, we have to figuratively stand for freedom, but we also have to literally stand for freedom. And, you know, interestingly enough, 
standing for freedom, you can stand still and stand for freedom. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to burn anything down. St- standing for freedom, standing is a is a is a very specific thing, you know, and it says a lot. Um, well, we, we, that's a lot, and, and then the biggest thing is, you know, it's guys like you and Jim and other people that that care enough that are willing to put some time into something like this. What it takes. I mean, it's it's more than just standing there. You got to do something, and 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 we we've, we've done something. And I think we're going to probably absolutely pack the Beaver Bar. Now, yeah. Leslie is a great, yeah. oh, great yeah. person. We are going and to get, then she knows, yeah. she knows everybody. We're going to get and a crowd out there, Don. Excited. Don, we're going to have to go to a break, but we're going to get a crowd out there. We're going to push this event hard. We look forward to seeing. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, thank Jay, you for your help. Yeah, we, you're welcome, Don. And thanks for all that you do. You are such a great American, and I mean that uh, sincerely. But we're looking forward to seeing Liz. We're looking forward to seeing James Stephen, Stevens. And uh, we're just looking forward to a great day on June 14 where we can get together and stand for freedom, folks, because that's what we have to do. It's incumbent upon y'all to stand for your freedom. Nobody else is going to stand for your freedom. You've got to stand for your freedom. Y'all stick with us. We'll be right back. Thanks, Don. Good to have you on the show. We look forward to seeing you in June. Have a great day, my friend. And, folks, we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Don Bound. Don't leave town. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Saturday morning coffee on Talk 94.5. everybody welcome back to saturday morning coffee the reese boyd radio hour i'm reese boyd your host i want to thank don bound for joining us uh, on the show to describe and tell us a little bit about the upcoming uh, stand for freedom rally which will be held on june 14 and that's uh, going to be in merle's inlet at the beaver bar on uh, 17 highway 17 there in merle's inlet looks like it's going to be a great event did he give uh, us a time 11 to 2 okay and the uh, lieutenant governor is going to be joining us. Liz Calloway will be there. A lot of uh, local personalities will be there. I'll be there. Uh, the group that Don was referring to, myself, Don, also want to give a nod to Jim Furry. Jim, uh, Jim's a uh, local retired FBI agent who is also on the small group that sort of was the uh, genesis of that effort. So want to get you guys out encourage you to check out the red hats for trump page on facebook where you'll find uh, more information about it you'll see more information about it on facebook as it gets closer but please put that on your calendar we want as many people as possible to come down and stand for freedom literally and figuratively we uh, we have to do that it's not optional folks if you don't stand for your freedom who will that's what protesting is all about. Burning things down, stealing things. That's not protesting, that's folks. That's rioting. That's called rioting. But standing up for your freedom is a God-given and constitutionally protected right. And you have to do it. Each one of us individually have to do it. We don't have any choice because if we don't, nobody else will. A couple of things I do want to say, and I want to say something about George Floyd, too, which I'll get to in just a second. 
but a couple of comments that I've seen, you know, talking about people uh, and law enforcement responding to protester, protesters, et cetera. And in particular, on CNN, they drew a, comp- a comparison between protesters who entered the state house in uh, Michigan with the current protesters in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and how law enforcement's responding to those in either instance. Huge distinction, folks. The, the folks who entered the state house in Michigan were exercising a constitutional right to bear arms. And not only that, but they did not harm anybody. They did not break anything. As far as I know, they didn't leave a speck of dirt on the carpet when they walked out. Nobody ever knew, would have ever known they were there if you didn't have photographs of it. So don't let people tell you that if you're if you look like Phil Robertson, you can protest and march into the governor's office with a gun. But if you're brown or another color, you, you can't. I mean, that's just not that's not the case. And another thing I want to say is this is not about police generally. This is about an officer in particular and the actions of one officer in Minneapolis is what we call an anecdote. The officer's actions in this instance do not mean that racism is rampant in America. Yes, racism clearly exists in America. Nobody would say otherwise. I certainly wouldn't. Maybe there are some who would say there's no racism in America, but they'd clearly be crazy. Yeah, there is racism in America. But the actions of one officer does not prove that we are all somehow guilty of something that we had no part in. That's not what we should draw from this, what we, what we should draw from this is there is a very specific individual who clearly had some very specific problems that should have been dealt with. If he had a history of this, he should have been dealt with. It will be dealt with now for sure, but it should have been dealt with sooner. And one of the things I want to say to my friends on the force and to everybody, when you don a badge, when you exercise force, any kind of force on behalf of the state, That is an incredible amount of authority with which you have been entrusted. You know, I got I got pulled over a couple of times in recent days for different things. But the (laughs) the ability to just stop somebody who's going about their business just because you say stop is an incredible power. The Mm -hmm. ability to pull out a gun if you need to and point it at somebody or fire it at somebody is an incredible power. And everybody who takes that privilege, who takes that responsibility can never forget that you cannot forget the awesome responsibility that you've been entrusted with and apparently this officer did but it doesn't mean that america is an evil racist place it means that this one guy made a horrible mistake a tragic mistake but we should not compound that tragedy by multiplying so. We may be the least racist country in the world. I mean, you look at there some other worlds out there. Yeah. Some other countries have some serious race and pro, race, racial problems. We have some serious issues, folks, some we serious do. issues we that do. we have to address. But we are not a fundamentally racist nope. country. Nope. And, and people who tell you otherwise are manipulating you and pulling your leg. Yep. I do want to say a few more things about this, but we'll take a break. Go to uh, a few words from our sponsors. Folks, you're listening to Saturday Morning Coffee, and uh, we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. Text us at 
us. 843-798-TALK. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's attorney Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour here on WTKN. I'm also a practicing attorney with the firm of Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law here in Myrtle Beach. These are certainly trying and uncertain times for individuals, families, and businesses here along the Grand Strand. Please know that our team of professionals at Davis and Boyd stands ready to assist you with all of your personal and business legal needs. So if we can assist you in any way, give us a call at 839-9800. That's Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I am Reese Boyd, your host, and you have made it to the final segment of the second bonus cup hour of Saturday Morning Coffee. Another two hours in the can here on the show. Thanks for your help, Glenn. No sweat. I'm always happy to be here. Man, two hours fly by. It is unbelievable how quickly radio time flies by. I want to give a quick shout out. Speaking of... uh, this all ties together. I, I love it when the show ties. You take different elements and you tie them together. Like, like Seinfeld. Like Seinfeld. Yeah, the show about nothing. This is a show about nothing. And then at the end of the at the end of the program, you realize it was about something. Something. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of kind of neat the way that works. Yeah. Want to give a quick shout out to Liz Calloway again. Another uh, shout out to Liz. I have not spoken about this on air, but we had a great time at the uh, Rolling Trump rally on Saturday. Food drive delivered. Three massive uh, pickup truckloads full of food to the uh, local uh, food bank there, Mills on Wheels, on uh, Postal Way here in uh, Carolina Forest. Just had a great time, great turnout. Love seeing you guys. Uh, speaking of you guys, many of you have been texting in this morning, haven't, haven't uh, acknowledged you, but thanks, Andy. Thanks, Augie. Thanks to the climbers. Thanks, Albert. Thanks to all of you who have chimed in this morning on the PCRX.com text line. Thanks so much. Appreciate all of y'all, as always. But I had a great time with Liz and Nick, and the lieutenant governor was there as well, as she uh, will be with us on June 14. Just had a wonderful time, and it was really interesting. Speaking of rules and rule followers, as I was talking with Don, we were um, loading my pickup. Was I want to thank Chad Caton as well. Chad was there. His truck was loaded to the gills, literally. But we were loading the—it was crazy, Glenn. And I know you couldn't be there because of the, the daily uh, obligations here at the station. Mm. But we bought and in, I mean, they just kept bringing cans and, yeah. and, and carts full of cans out of the grocery store. We were there at the food line there uh, off of uh, Arrowhead. Saw the video. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it was crazy. And they just kept, I'm like, how many more yeah. truckloads of cans are they going to bring? And they were using the U-boats to bring them out to you. Um, U-boats yeah. are the, the yeah. they got the side. And I, in the grocery business, oh, I, the, I forget, you're the grocery guy. I, I, yeah. I wish that I was there so I could help scan that stuff out. Um, it was a lot of fun yeah. we just had a blast and uh, liz was great chad was funny it was just a wonderful group of folks a lot of you folks were out there we appreciate everybody who came out it's always nice to put a, a face with a name we had a great time yeah. but interestingly enough speaking of politicians piling rules on us that we must follow i was we were working i uh, recently had some 
adjustment to my shoulder. The doctor had told me to take it easy. My wife was giving me a hard time. We were unloading the truck, putting the food into a shipping container okay. at the site where we were unloading the food. And, Glenn, it was hot. Oh, yeah. Inside that shipping container. It was hot outside that day. It was hot outside, inside the shipping container. It was like an oven. Yep. And so we're unloading literally three pickup truck loads full of canned goods. Yep. We go to leave. Now, the air conditioner in my pickup truck is not working. Oh. So it's been broken for... It's been... I fixed it now. I fixed it now. Trust me, I fixed it now. (laughs) But there was a little switch that was broken on it. You know, the little uh, condenser switch that Uh flicks the compressor on and off, not working. Anyway, so I am literally sweating like a pig, and I'm in my truck, and I, I don't want to get everything soaking wet with sweat, and so we roll the windows down, which is not working particularly well. Anyway, so we're coming down 501. We literally just turned on the, high, uh, on the, on the highway, and I'm kind of leaning forward. I don't have my seatbelt on, and of course, I see the guy behind me. I start to grab the seatbelt, but no joy. He lights me up, pulls me over. Now, Mr. Boyd, I can't write a warning ticket for this. I'm going to have to give you a ticket. Mm. It's only $25. Okay, Okay. I get it. And I get it. I wasn't wearing my seatbelt. I deserve it. But I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, you know, if I'm on a motorcycle, I can be half naked with no helmet on a motorcycle. And flip-flops. And (laughs) flip-flops. And nobody gives a darn. But I can be in a a three-quarter ton pickup (laughs) surrounded by 4,000 pounds of hardened, forged Detroit steel. <laughs> and because for just a few brief seconds, I don't wear my seatbelt because I don't want to sweat all over the place, I get a $25 ticket. What's up with that, Glenn? What's <laughs> well, up with that? So we got rule followers and we got people who don't follow the rules. That's the distinction. And you and I, for the most part, are I'm not always a rule follower. I try. But I do want to give a shout out to... Uh, not all police are like the policemen that we've been discussing this morning, folks. And I want to give a specific shout-out to uh, Officer McCloskey, one of Myrtle Beach's finest. He pulled me over for another little episode that I had. Well, I just wasn't paying attention. And Officer McCloskey looked at me, and he said, Mr. Boyd, uh, he said, you know, this is a situation where grace is in order. And uh, he said, I want to wish you a happy birthday. And he was, frankly, he was uh, he was. Mostly correct. I'm not sure Grace was entirely in order, but uh, he extended Grace. And that, you know, there is a role for Grace. I'm all about the rule of law, Glenn, but there is a role for Grace. Yes, there is. In law enforcement. And so mm-hmm. I want to give a shout out to uh, my friend, Officer McCloskey, who demonstrated that. And that's what community policing is all about. It's about a relationship. And uh, I don't know what happened in uh, Minneapolis, but I do want to share one thing. You know, I haven't been pulled over in like 30-some years, and here you're telling me you're getting pulled over. I, got, I, I haven't either, but I got it twice in, uh, in one week. But I do want to share something that was shared with me about George Floyd. The rest of the country knows George Floyd from several minutes of cell phone footage captured during his final hours. But in Houston's Third Ward, they know Floyd for how he lived for decades, a mentor to a generation of young men and a person of peace ushering ministries into the area. Hmm. Before moving to Minneapolis for a job opportunity through a Christian work program, the 46-year-old spent almost his entire life in the historically black Third Ward, where he was called Big Floyd and regarded as the OG, a de facto community leader and elder statesman, his ministry partners say. Floyd spoke of breaking the cycle of violence he saw among young people and used his influence in the community to bring outside ministries to the area to do discipleship and outreach, particularly in the CUNY Homes Housing Project 
locally known there as the Bricks. George Floyd was a person of peace sent from the Lord that helped the gospel go forward in a place that I never lived in, said Patrick P. Neguello, pastor of the Resurrection Houston, which held services at CUNY. The platform for us to reach that neighborhood and the hundreds of people we reached through that time up to now was built on the backs of people like Floyd. So uh, George Floyd wasn't just, not that he needed to be anything in particular. He was a child of God and uh, born in uh, the image of God and entitled to more uh, dignity than he was afforded in his final moments, unfortunately. And we don't know all the details, folks. We don't know the details of the life of this police officer. We don't know exactly what was going through his head at that moment. And we should not presume that we know exactly what was going through his head at that moment. But what we do know is that in his final moments on this earth, George Floyd was not afforded the dignity that he deserves. And for that, um, Mr. Floyd and to Mr. Floyd's family, we are deeply, deeply sorry. It's sad that those things happen, Glenn, but that is the world that we live in. And we have to pick up the pieces and move forward. We cannot over extrapolate and we cannot stand accused of things that simply are not justified, but we have to continue to build a society for the better good. And folks, uh, we're committed here at the program to do that. I hope you are. But we close the show today in honor of George Floyd, who was not just apparently a good and decent human being, but who was apparently by all accounts an extraordinary man and an extraordinary follower and believer in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, Mr. Floyd, Godspeed. We um, will see you again soon. Folks, I'll leave you with this parting bit of wisdom from the Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, now more than ever. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. That's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Y'all have a blessed Sunday, excuse me, Saturday. Great weekend, and we'll be back next week with more Saturday Morning Coffee. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, Saturday Morning Coffee on Talk 94.5.